here is your host. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross, and I want to thank you again for making our show one of the most listened to shows Saturday nights at 6.20 a.m. and 16.40 a.m. in the tri-state area and anytime, anywhere through our eight podcast outlets internationally. We have a huge show for you tonight, so I want to get started and welcome into my corner. Tonight, I want to talk to you about a word, opportunity. During these times, do you hear the word opportunity often? Do you think your glass is half filled or half empty? I want to take a look at the state of California because so much has gone on there the past week. And I am actually looking at California as that glass and how you interpret it. Is it half full or half empty? Is it the land of opportunity? California lost a congressional seat because of the decline in their population. Last Sunday night, we saw the lowest ratings ever for the Academy Awards. Let me tell you something about the Academy Awards. This girl is somebody who loves Hollywood. This is somebody who went and helped somebody prepare for the Academy Awards in 1989. The actress Alice Faye. I love old movies. I love Cary Grant. I could watch the Philadelphia story forever. And all of the Hepburn and Tracy movies. I could watch Audrey Hepburn movies. And I appreciate the modernization of movies. But like everybody else, I want to watch Movies and television and be entertained. I want to escape, especially during these times. I was one of the people who loved watching all the pre-shows, looking at the red carpets, watching the after shows with the parties. I remember the days of the Elton John parties and the parties at Spago that everybody was talking about. It wasn't this year. This year, there were lectures about police, and about diversity. And it was a real embarrassment that people had a comment afterwards about the wins of Sir Anthony Hopkins and Frances McDormand. Only two actresses have won three Best Actress Academy Awards and a handful of actors. And if you saw their performances... You would agree they were pretty good, better than good. So we got to the negative. The other news could be the positive. That was that one of their own, a celebrity, Caitlyn Jenner, announced she's running for governor. People on the left can't complain. After all, Caitlyn has black grandchildren. We know Caitlin's sexual preference. We know Caitlin's history as an athlete, married to multiple wives with multiple children from each of them, and her ability to make money, her ability to transform business. 
when she was Bruce, she introduced the concept of paid spokesman when she was on the box of a cereal. That changed the world for world endorsements, public events, and how athletes were able to monetize their abilities after playing the game. We've also learned a lot about her through the show, such as she is a person who believes in the Second Amendment. And believe me, those Hollywood hypocrites out there were all there at the Academy Awards with a $200,000 giveaway bag with security who had guns and weapons on them. They want the protection. I understand. Let me tell you something that a lot of people don't know. A couple of years ago, I was at, at a public event. It was really a private fundraiser. And the guest speaker being honored was Caitlin, right after she had her transition. The biggest uh, discussion that really was followed up was the fact that she was at the 1972 Munich Olympics. And for those of you who weren't born or don't remember, that was when the Israeli athletes were murdered for one reason, because they were Jewish and they were from Israel. That left an impact on her life to learn more about world events. And as you've watched her on the shows for the years, you've learned she reads a lot. So she knows about business. She has an idea of world history. She certainly represents a modern family. And she's part of the Hollywood clan. Is she the opportunity we're looking for? People on the left won't like it and people on the right won't like it. But she's representing a little bit of both. It will be interesting to see what comes up during the next few weeks as it is now official, there will be a recall, and that other people will announce candidacies. Tell me what you think of my open. You can write to me through my website and through my social media. Coming up later in the show, during my personal corner, we're going to go through this a little more because I really find it fascinating. And I am going to be discussing this with somebody who is involved in the California GOP. You might think this is all a joke, and it might be making headlines on social media. But just remember, they thought Ronald Reagan was a joke and Arnold Schwarzenegger was a joke. And we know where they went. Sacramento, are you ready for Caitlyn Jenner? Tell me what you think. We have a huge show. We have three big guests coming up. So stay with us. And when we return... We will be with our first guest. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you are thinking of selling, 
Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress free, and fast. To learn more, call 800 800 1372. That's 800 800 1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800 800 1372. That's 800 800 1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.remaxiq.com slash disclaimer. Are you looking to update your home? Are you looking for new art? If you're like me, you took advantage of being home during COVID and remodeling and updating the looks on the walls in your home. I am telling you, don't look further. Go to Katya Levanovich's website and find many examples of her award-winning designs that are featured in many of today's homes. And now your host. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross, and it is an honor to have with us Hadassah Lieberman, because for me, as a Jewish woman, I remember the days when she was campaigning, making history as a religious Jewish woman on the campaign trail with a potential vice president. And we were all, it didn't matter what party you belonged to. We were all just so proud. And uh, it's really an honor to have you here. Uh, we welcome you and we want to talk about your latest venture, your brand new book. Very exciting. And with that intro, I immediately think about our bonding on so many of these wonderful trips that we took campaigning, particularly in the Midwest. Never forget the bonding with so many people of so many different religions and parties who all came up to me and said, I love you guys because you're religious. That's nice. So it was a special time. So I have to tell you that um, I love your story. Some of my listeners are going to totally relate to your story. And then others are going to relate to it as they read the book, because you really go through your story as not being born in the country and really fulfilling the American dream. Tell us a little bit why you decided to write the book now, especially, and what the American dream means to you. Well, it's something I thought about a few years ago when I found my mother's diary in the midst of the boxes of books and things emptying her apartment after she died. And when I saw something that was written in Czech, a language I don't understand, but where I was born and my parents were from, I saw that there was something I had to have translated by the Holocaust Museum after they translated it. And my mother's first words were, this is all I can write. I look to you, my children, my brother and I, to write more. And I took that very seriously. And after, you know, going through my life with Joe in political realm, it occurred to me, this is a unique story. There isn't anyone else who's the daughter of Holocaust survivors, whose husband became a United States senator, and who did what we did, observing Shabbat Saturdays, and 
come to this point where I was able to write this book, an important memory for me and my family. So uh, tell us a little bit, first of all, we do have a non-Jewish audience as well. Tell everybody what the word Hadassah means. Well, Hadassah was my grandmother's name, my departed grandmother. And my father had wanted to, it's Hadassim, it's actually a branch of a vegetation. And it's the name of Queen Esther and Hadassah are the same name. And so my father thought after my grandmother had died and he brought me to the Czech authorities and was registering my name, when they heard Esther, they said, oh, that's a German name. And he immediately translated it to the same, which is Hadassah. And then we immigrated to this country. And there we were in Gardner, Massachusetts, being registered by the Catholic nuns. Catholic nuns who were local to Gardner, Massachusetts, registering our names. And my father said, please change her name to Esther. That's what it had to be. And my father, who was an ordained rabbi and such in Gardner, Massachusetts, said, I'd like to change it to Esther. And the nun said, Rabbi, leave it Hadassah. That's a beautiful, unique name. And that's how we kept that name. And it never uh, stopped you or never stopped Joe and his political aspirations. You always worked it. And you always, like you said, I have a book in my hand that I love. And I share it with all my non-Jewish friends, The Gift of Rest, that Joe wrote a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And you told us some very exciting news about it. Uh, Share it with us. Well, it's going to be translated into Hebrew, and then it will be announced in Israel in August and September. And so we're really excited because this is a book for people of different languages. And, you know, there have been so many people who have said to Joe, I'm not Jewish, but I like that you don't use your iPad, your phone on Shabbat. I want to be free of that. As a matter of fact, He's had ministers come from various churches and say to Joe, I'm going to try this on Sunday. And that was one of the jokes between us and Al Gore that Al said to Joe, you know what? Maybe you'll do, I'll take care of Saturday and you'll take care of Sunday to give me a little time for church. So we laughed and said, great. You also represent a great family togetherness and love, which is something that comes through in your book and in in really Joe's whole life. I don't remember anything major in Joe's life that you weren't standing next to him. Well, with him. Well, I'm very lucky next to him, with him. Look, we're very lucky that we found each other. And the most important thing for us, and we did come out of a divorce bringing, he brought two children, I brought one child, and then we had a baby together, who as our, as our kids have said, she sort of cemented us together. So we're lucky, and we've worked hard at it. We never used stepchild. There are children, and neither one of us would have married each other had we not believed that this parent would be a parent together with our children. 
these words are so great now, especially in the times that we've had, especially the past year. I think what was really nice, I remember the McCain funeral and how Megan spoke about you and how she actually uh, wrote one of um, the uh, recommendations for the book. So yes. tell us a little bit about that. Well, John and Joe were great friends. I'll never forget a time that we were at their ranch and Joe had a new grill that he had. And he just served us hamburgs, hot dogs that were all kosher on plastic dishes. And it was such fun to be at his ranch and to do that. And Cindy and John really became very close friends. And as you know, Joe traveled around the world to important spots with John McCain and made just friends throughout. He really loved both of them very much. Between you and, and me, I wish we had that kind of uh, yeah. love. I remember, I mean, I remember once hearing Lindsey Graham speak about how he and uh, your husband and John McCain, th- there wasn't a time they didn't go to Israel when they weren't together, loving it. And we need that unity again. We need that nonpartisanship when it comes to friendships. And that's something that you guys really represent well, even till today. Well, Joe is chairing No Labels, which is an important organization, really trying to push people to sit down. They produce this group, Problem Solvers, in the Congress. That's what we're here for, to solve problems. And to not sit at the same table with people who may disagree with you, but it's our responsibility to talk to each other, to influence each other. It certainly is. And the book is going to influence a lot of people because it talks about a lot of the work you have done as a woman, aside from Joe, uh, the work you've done with nonprofits, the work you've done to advocate for Jewish issues and Jewish causes. Um, I really want to ask you, your book is coming out at a very important time. Anti-Semitism is on a rise like we haven't seen in ages. And you mentioned the Holocaust. You are the, you are a Holocaust survivor, your, your parents. I am the daughter-in-law of a Holocaust survivor who's still living. And we know that generation is not going to be here much longer. And what do you say to people? Because one of the most important reasons I think people should read your book is the fact that if they think they can, it can't happen again, it can't. So what do you tell people with the rise of anti-Semitism? Well, I first I start with emerging out of a darkness. I was lucky. My parents survived. My mother, Auschwitz and Dachau, my father's slave labor camp. And they gave birth to me. I survived that darkness. And I wanted this book to show how light permeated through. And, you know, I was blessed. I was able to go across the country with my husband to talk about things of importance to us all. And the rise of this negativism in so many different directions, not just anti-Semitism, but that's been shocking to me because We didn't see any anti-Semitism whatsoever in 2000. And we experienced, you know, all that vote getting that was crucial and important. And so what's my advice? 
we as parents, as grandparents, as people in communities, whether that's churches or synagogues, wherever that is, have to influence the positive in our children, have to stress the importance of communication with people, no matter what the skin difference is, the personality difference, the political difference. We have to stay together. We're Americans. And I understand there are new rules and regulations that are needed for immigration, but we are the country of immigrants. Emma Lazarus, I'll never forget my mother telling me that when they came through past her on the boat immigrating to the United States, my mother kept talking about, give me your tired, your poor. And that was such an important message. And that really ultimately is our message at America. And we have to be mindful of it and teach our children to learn about each other and to respect each other, to grow strong. One last question before we share all the information about where to buy the book. Obviously, you and the senator have a relationship with the president and first lady. They both served many years together on the same party. Yes. And uh, I would, I, I would be, if I was a betting person, I would bet if the senator called up President Biden, he would take his phone call and talk with him. And uh, what would that conversation be like? Well, I think Joe knows the president for a long time. And he's a good guy. He's a respectful guy. He's an honest man. And probably there are a lot of things that I can't guess at, but we all can guess at, that Joe would want to discuss about the strength that we need to maintain who we are against some of the people that don't respect that internationally, that we have to prove we're a strong country. There's so many things to be done inside and outside. And we just have to pray that the Bidens understand that. And we certainly know they've been good leaders in the past. So we hope for more. Hadassah Lieberman. The book is Hadassah, An American Dream. It just came out. Please share with us where our audience can purchase the book. And are you having, I know it's COVID, but some places are having, you know, some Zoom meetings, any place we could hear you more talk about? Well, I'm doing, Brandeis University published it. So I'm doing one event tomorrow night for them on Zoom. I can get that through Brandeis. Now, Brandeis, obviously, the publishers are selling copies of it. It can be found on Amazon and at various bookstores across the country. So, you know, it depends on what your easiest way to order it is. But it's any of those are possible. And I would love for people to read it and tell us how they feel so much of the and even how you discuss your passion came out so you know clearly through this discussion i mean you were so proud of being an american you're so proud of being somebody whose family um was part of such a horrible time in history and became so uh 
have, have you really succeeded beyond anybody's expectations as a young girl. So Hadassah Lieberman, thank you so much. You are so inspiring. And I look forward to having you back on Cindy's Celebrity Corner. And Cindy, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate everything. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Esther Miller, founder of Mommies on the Move and mom of eight. I'm now a monthly contributor on Cindy's Celebrity Corner, where we discuss business, women in business, and we give parenting tips and useful advice for raising kids during these difficult times. Listen to Cindy every Saturday at 9 p.m. on WSNR AM 620 and WJPRAM 1640. You can also listen anytime and anywhere on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and Jewish Broadcasts. See you soon. Here is your host. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And with us now is a voice you're going to recognize and a face you're going to recognize because he has been in Hollywood for decades of successful work, consistent work. If you look at his resume, it's movies, it's it's television movies, it's television series. He's been nominated. Tony Dennison, thank you so much for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner. My pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. And I'd like to have on my show guests that really resonate with my audience, people that we relate to and we're so familiar with. You're on the show All Rise. You've been in The Closer. Um, you were John Gotti in television movies that now people can see through streaming channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've played Joey Buttafuoco, also streaming. <laughs> And you have three uh, projects in post-production. So tell us, what is the secret to your success? Because so many actors and actresses envy you for your continuing, you know, work. Well, you know the scene. You know the scene in The Godfather. You know, like I, I mimic that scene every, all the time. I bring Luca Brazzi with me to an audition, and you know they, you know, no, I, I, I don't know. It's just. It, 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 I just think that um, I have to realize that sometimes, you know, my, my goal is every time I'm either auditioned or, you know, even if they ask me to be in a movie at the end of the day, I think, can I get into the batter's box and hit this ball as hard as I can hit this ball? And that's what my goal is. And if I, if I, if I'm not, um, you know, like Tom Hanks once said, uh, I was talking to him actually on the phone about it. And he says, Tony, he goes, if I can't commit to something, 110 percent because i can't i don't i won't do it i don't want to waste their time my time anybody's time and i must be committed 110 percent. and there was a period of time sometimes when i you know i thought oh you know but he's right he's so right i mean like speaking about baseball i mean ted williams every game every single game he was the first one in the batter's box and he was the last i mean in the batter's cage during you know during before the game and he was the last one in the batter's cage and this was ted williams one of the greatest baseball players ever in the history of the game. I mean, last the guy to have a 406 batting average, you know, so like if it's good enough for people like Ted Williams and Ted Williams once said to Dom DiMaggio and he goes, why do you work so intently like this? And he said, he said, because one day I'm not going to be able to do this. He says, so I want every at bat to be spectacular. I want it to be, you know, I want to give, give my all. And I try to do that to the best of my ability. And one of the things that I use 
a lot is my mom and dad, God rest their souls, you know, both Sicilian immigrants, uh, they're blue collar people. You know, my dad was a truck driver and my mom was a seamstress. And I try to take the values that they taught me. So I call that blue collar values and I bring them to a gold collar profession. And that's my little inner secret is that I'm basically a blue collar guy coming to the set, just, you know, pulling my tractor trailer into the set like my dad and, you know, doing the busy seamstress work that my mom would do, you know, and at the same time, just, you know, having the time of my life, having the time of my life. Well, before we started the interview, we were talking a little bit about awards and, and time of the time of your life really fits very well into what you feel about being nominated and you have been nominated multiple times Mm -hmm. and, about awards. Tell everybody what you said to me about what you think an award ceremony, uh, what you feel about being nominated. I tell you, you know, I, I was, I was saying to you earlier on before we started the interview, every time, like I would go to an award show, like, especially like the screen actors guild, because fortunately we were nominated when I was on the closer, we were nominated five times out of the six years we were on the air. And every single time they would say, you know, what do you, you know, what do you hope? You hope you win? I said, well, it would be nice. I said, but I got to tell you, I'm having the time of my life right now. I said, there's so many, I love the business and I love the people in the business. So I look around, there's certain celebrities who I never met. I get a chance to meet them at the after party or doing, you know, say, oh, they come, and then they come over to me and they go, hey, I love you on that show. And I go, really? I said, you watch my show? And they go, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, you know. So that kind of, I mean, like, I'm like a little kid when it comes to that stuff. I really am. You know, it's like, to this day, I still don't understand. I, I, it's, I'll go to a restaurant and I walk into the restaurant and people will like look up at me and they'll kind of like smile and I'll think, what a friendly place. And my girlfriend says to me, honey, she goes, they recognize you from the show. And I go, That's right. oh yeah, geez. you know, and I don't, I don't even think of that. I said, well, but maybe they're just friendly people too. So so um, who would you like to meet that you haven't met yet in the business? Sophie Loren. I'm sorry? Sophie Loren. Oh. Instantly. There's not even, not even. And it was obvious. No, I guess Sophie it's at, Loren. I guess at the Italian I, just, I mean, if I get a chance to work with her in a movie, even to this day, I, I, I think the first, you know, 10 minutes meeting her, I'd be like, I, 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 I'd be like, you know, like it'd be Jackie Gleason. Hamana, hamana, hamana. I, I wouldn't be able to speak. Because I just think that she, I mean, I watched her from when I was a kid growing up. She's Sicilian. Well, she's half Sicilian, you know, and um, I just think that she's, uh, she's a tour de force. She's the first woman, first actor, man or woman, to win the Academy Award for a foreign speaking movie. Correct. And, and there hasn't women. been too many since. There's not even yeah. a handful. Yeah. I mean, she didn't speak a word of English in that movie. And she won the Academy Award 19, back in 1962. You know, when that kind of thing was like, really? What? You know, that little thing. But because she had done enough American movies and she was already, you know, a staple, you know, they they did they didn't mind it. But when you think about it, it took years and years and years until that changed. So And who were some of your close friends? Well, um You mentioned well, Tom Hanks. Well, I'm not I'm sort of friendly with the guy. I mean, I've met the guy and he's a fan of my work. Uh, there was an article that he, in Vanity Fair magazine where he talked about how Crime Story, the show I did with Dennis Farina, God rest his soul, the Michael Mann series, uh, where he said that that show changed his life. I mean, he, he loved that show. And I met him one time and uh, John Polito, another friend who was also from Crime Story, another one, God rest his soul. He was a great guy, John. 
Johnny. And uh, he was working on a show that Tom was directing. And he calls me to the set one midnight. And he says, Tony, come down to this. It was at the old Ambassador Hotel. And I said, John, I said, it's like one o'clock in the morning. He goes, Tony, you got to come. You got to come. I'm telling you, you got to come. I said, oh, my God. He said, Tony, trust me on this. I said, all right. So one o'clock in the morning, I get dressed and I drive over from the valley to the Ambassador Hotel. And, and we're on the set. And then I realized, oh, this is the set that Tom Hanks is. And Tom Hanks come, comes over to me and he goes, my God, it's so good to meet you. And he was quoting scenes from the show. And I go, That's you fantastic. really were a wow. fan. He goes, yeah, remember when Johnny, this one said this to you? And he says, I was wondering, why didn't you kill him? He's white, because he wasn't available to shoot another episode. And I go, yeah, as a matter of fact, that's right. And he goes, I said to myself, wow, you really do like the show. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm not kidding. He goes, I really like. And then I've met so many people. Lee Marvin was a fan of mine. I mean, like when I heard that, wow, I was like, are you kidding? Lee Marvin? you're mentioning all Academy Award winners. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, well um, yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, James Colburn, I had lunch with him one time and he wanted to have lunch with me only because he just loved watching the show. And That's great. You see, it opens and, up opportunities. So I have to say something. We're talking about the past, but you don't have one project or two. You have three in post-production that you're working on. So it doesn't seem that COVID affected you in the sense that you uh, were not busy or you maybe had to alternate your plans. Share with us some of the things that are coming up. Well, I have this one movie called Deep Woods, and <clears throat> I did it. It was in Wisconsin, <clears throat> and I play an evil sheriff. And uh, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking. I think it's. I think they just told me that they're in. They're in. They're wrapping post production right now. Of the doing the sound, the wrapping up sound. So that'll be out soon. And like I said, and I the, and how's it coming out from which outlet? Major. I don't know how they're releasing it. I, I mm-hmm. Mr. Kurtz, the executive producer, the producer. Uh, I don't know um, how he's going to. Uh, I don't know how it's coming out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope to God it makes it to the theater. But now, I mean, you know, and it's hard to get to the theaters now anyway. But I know in June or July, as far as California is concerned, I think everything is going to open up. And uh, but even if you know, you know, it's a funny. That's a funny thing you're mentioning because if it winds up just getting on let's say Netflix or one of those venues and maybe has like one day in a movie theater to qualify for, you know, consideration. I remember, I I remember I was on the set one time doing crime story because crime story was my big break. I had nothing in before that. And I was on the set and I realized that the camera, okay. It doesn't care if you're going to be shown, I believe on a 35 foot screen or a 35 inch screen. What I bring to that camera, the enthusiasm and the energy that I bring to that camera, it doesn't matter. People at home don't want to know, you know, like when you do some projects and it's like, like I call them labors of love where you you get paid next to nothing and they they shoot the thing like in two weeks, you know, and you think to yourself, oh my God, people at home don't want to know that. They don't care. You know, you're working in an, you're getting the opportunity to work in a field that people just like think, still think is like a dream factory. And, uh, What's the next project that you said you have three projects coming out? Well, I did two shorts um, and I, I, I was always like, I thought, you know, short, you know, you think, you think oh, it's not going to be that much time. <laughs> you know, it's a short, but, you know, sometimes they do take up some time of your of your time. But you never know who the next, you know, Martin Scorsese is going to be. You never know who the next, uh, you know, um, uh, what's this? Uh, the, uh, sadly, I, I'm really bad with her name. The woman who just won the Academy Award 
for uh, No Man Land. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure she did a couple of short films before she got to do that. And, you know, you get the opportunity to work with somebody and you, you never know. And then I always say, I always joke with them. I say, listen, look, depending on what happens with the movie, if nothing happens, you know, because they said, gee, Tony, it's so great for you to come on this the movie, you know, and I really appreciate you. So I said, well, okay, but if, when the next feature film you get, I said, if you don't hire me, I'll, I'm going to track you down and kill you. You know you what? Know? I think that when we come out of this, I think so many people got used to watching. You say people didn't watch. I think more people watch with Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, whatever the outlet oh, it yeah, was. And I don't think people are going to rush for $25 a ticket plus another in New York. It could be $20 for just a popcorn and a soda. They could feed a whole family for much less and watch the same movie. So I think well, that you're going to see television a big change. Television is going through a renaissance beyond anything you can imagine. I mean, look, Crime Story, I once said that the first year of Crime Story was like a 22-hour movie, Okay. The second year was a little mis- it was disjointed because they were trying to try they were trying different things and then sadly we didn't get a third year but <clears throat> the first year of Crimson was like a twenty two hour movie and that seems to be the trend today you know there's so many projects that are like eight eight episodes and out you know uh, two years and out and they they got the story they want to tell and they know they can tell it you know if they get the opportunity to get funded to do you know more than eight episodes or eight episodes. They, they, they get the opportunity to tell the story in a long form, you know, on the quote unquote small screen. But I don't care. As an, like I said, the TV lens doesn't care where you are. No, and doesn't. as an actor, I don't I mean, look, Crime Story. I mean, if Crime Story was a the, the pilot of Crime Story premiered in, in the movie theaters. Michael Mann premiered that in movie theaters. It was so good. So, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter to me. If it's a really good character and I get an opportunity to swing for the fences, that's all I want to do. And sometimes even in a movie, you know, you might be you might even be the lead in a movie uh, or the second in command, so to speak. But your job sometimes in the scenes might be just to move the runner over from first to second and let some, you know, day player or guest star hit score the run. I mean, I'm totally cool with that. Totally. Cool we could that. talk about this for hours and and. You're talking to somebody who's fascinated with both behind the screen and in front of it. Tony Dennison, thank you so much for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner. And please come back when everything is debuting and we could talk about it and your new projects. Okay. I, anytime. Just just let me know. I'd love I was you're really easy to speak with. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. How many times have you asked yourself, where can I find the perfect white wine or a perfect rose? Look no further than the Royal Wines Corporation, international distributors of kosher wines, and you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy them. Royal Wines is a distributor of the worldwide bestseller Bartonova Moscato. And with nine generations of winemaking under their belt, the Herzog family presents Lineage, a line of high-quality wines grown under the sunshine of California. From Paso Robles to Clarksburg to the Lake County, the Herzog lineage wines carry the uncompromising standards that are the pride of the Herzog family. From semi-dry rosé to crisp Sauvignon Blanc, from delicate Pinot Noir to the elegant Cabernet Sauvignon, Herzog lineage wines are the benchmark of quality kosher California wine. 
On the Royal Wines website, there is a wine in every price range. You can find out more on the wines by going to their website, www.royalwines.com. That's www.royalwines.com. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I am so excited to have our next guest join us because when I think about her, I think about her as today's leading socialite, leading philanthropist in New York, in Palm Beach. Whenever there's an organization that's having a major fundraiser, you see this woman either chairing it or on the committee. Jean Shafrahoff, thank you so much for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner. And Cindy, thank you very much for having me on the show today. And well, I, for your listeners, I am a philanthropist. I serve on seven charity boards. I also am a TV host, a local television show that airs in East Hampton, Manhattan, and next Southampton, hopefully new markets moving forward. And then I'm an author of the book, Successful Philanthropy, How to Make a Life by What You Give. And yes, I go out to many charity galas when they're in going on. Right now, we don't have any uh, in New York. We do see them in Palm Beach. But everything's, of course, been uh, very, very uh, difficult as a result of this uh, terrible pandemic. But I'm positive because we're coming out of it and life will go back to where it was. It will take some time. But if we all support one another, we have a wonderful life moving forward for all of us, not just a few. So you actually answered my next question, which was how to keep busy and do such good work during a pandemic. And you answered how you uh, started a television show. You have a book out. You're even on a magazine cover this month uh, in New York. Uh, So New York lifestyle. So tell us a little bit how one can keep uh, so busy and do the kind of work you do, because obviously it's hard to raise funds now when so many people are suffering. And yet you do it with such grace and elegance. Well, you're very kind. But let's start from the beginning of this horrific pandemic when we all had to go into lockdown suddenly we all found ourselves in a situation where we we were home and for me that meant all the big charity galas that I was involved chairing they were over my social uh, life of going out to all different events every night in support of many different charities was over but I remained on all of my charity boards and there are seven of them. And while we were in lockdown, someone came to me and asked if I wanted to host a local television show out in East Hampton. And I said, yes, I I thought for a minute and I said, well, I've always wanted to have my own TV show, just do it. So I went to the studio I found someone to interview. My show is all about philanthropy. It's called Successful Philanthropy. And my first person I interviewed was the board chair of the Southampton Animal Shelter. And I knew the man. His name is John Bradham. I asked him lots of questions. I have to say I was as nervous as could be. And and the show went 
the show happened. And so when they sent me a recording of the show, I said, oh, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be terrible. Well, you know something? It was very good. And so I developed confidence and I started interviewing every single week and I've never stopped. Just love it. So during times like a pandemic, when our lives completely change, we have to think out of the box. We have to think of doing new things. Now, the book I wrote, I wrote in 2016. I am getting ready to publish a new book in the fall of this year. I have another book that I've always wanted to write about fashion, which I've temporarily put on the side because I feel right now there it's not the right time for me to write a book about fashion and a collection of gowns that I own and that I want to donate to a museum. At one point during this pandemic, we had 38 million people out of work. And what did that translate to? No, no food on the table, people not able to pay rent, people not able to provide school supplies for their children. It was a terrible, terrible time. Now things are getting better. But during that period, one of the things I did was I got on television and I went on radio and I spoke about the food insecurity in this country. And I think that was a very good thing to do because it made people aware of how much other people were suffering. And I brought up the different charities that were involved in helping with food insecurity on a national level, Feeding America. I also spoke about different uh, food pantries on Long Island. You have Long Island Cares. You have many different groups. And, and then in New York City, you have the Food Bank of New York and God's Love We Deliver. We have City Meals, City Harvest. And because when all of us saw so many people standing on food lines, it was a sign that there was a big problem in this country with food insecurity. And so I made it my business to get out there and promote the food pantries and how to donate to them and well, how to volunteer. That's fantastic. But I would be remiss if I did not say that you are probably the most uh, desired by fashion designers all over the world to have you at their fashion shows or being photographed for a magazine in one of their gowns because your collection is incredible and it's also the way how you present them and I think one thing that came out good from Sunday night the Oscars was that people want and crave to get dressed up again and to feel good about themselves and not wear sweats and you actually are the uh, model person for that so tell us a little bit about some of the work you will be doing. They just announced New York Fashion Week is going to be live. And I think that's really good, especially for small business owners. So tell us a little bit what's coming up in the future for you. Yes, well, almost all the charity galas that I was involved with, they all went virtual via Zoom. So all of us listening, I'm sure you get many invitations to different Zoom charity events. So I continue to chair different galas, but they're all virtual. And of course, it's very different. And and you get people that love going on Zoom. And then there are people that are, are doing it for business. And at night, they just want to relax. But they're still sending checks because philanthropy is so important. Looking to the future, I'll be in the Hamptons this summer. I'll be there very soon. And 
we will have events. I am involved with, I'm on the board of the Stony Brook Southampton Hospital. The board I'm on is called the Southampton Hospital Association. August 7th, we will have not one big event, but we'll have small events. And I've offered to do a, a party in my backyard and the hospital I'll be buying a $25,000 table. And what they'll do is they will send uh, dinners, 10 dinners to my home from a restaurant. And I will invite friends to come over. And then like I did last year, I invited a few more people. Maybe I'll make it much bigger. I haven't figured it out yet. And we'll all celebrate the hospital. Starting in May, May 28th, I'm hosting a cocktail party for the Southampton Animal Shelter. And I'm not doing at that at my home, but I'll be doing it at a restaurant called Naya, which is at the Capri Hotel. And it has an indoor-outdoor capability. So if the weather's great, we'll all be outside. And then August 21st, Southampton Animal Shelter will have a big gala at the Southampton Arts Center. We expect whatever the limit is. If we can have 150 people, we'll have 150 people. If the governor says we can have 200, we'll have 200. And then other charities I'm involved with, the Ellen Hermanson Foundation for Breast Cancer. Uh, we're doing a run and normally we do a run and a dinner, but this year it looks like we're doing the run. Last year we did a virtual dinner. So things are happening and I see by the fall and the winter, New York will open up in a way I think it might be slow. I don't envision 3,000 people walking into Lincoln Center just yet, but I think things are changing. And in New York this spring, Central Park Conservancy is having their hat luncheon on May 18th. It'll occur in stages. And then the New York Botanical Gardens is supposed to have a big gala in June. I don't know how they're quite there doing that yet. I'm hearing not too much information, but I'm sure... It's, it's in the works. And hopefully I'll go to both. Where can our audience find you and find your uh, show and your book and everything else you're doing? Yes. Well, as you said, I've been on a lot of magazine covers. So if you see a magazine with my cover on it, you can pick it up and read about me. But um, I am on social media and my handles are for Instagram at Jean Shafiroff, and I'm going to spell my name, J-E-A-N-S-H-A-F-I-R-O-F-F. And my Facebook is at Jean Shafiroff, and my Instagram at Jean Shafiroff. I have just about 800,000 followers on Instagram. And whenever someone leaves a comment, I always try to answer. And, you know, you become friends through social media. Of course, I don't, I'm not able to spend too much time on social media, but I absolutely love it. They can also find me on YouTube and my show is called Successful Philanthropy. So if you go to YouTube and you type in my name, Jean Shafiroff, Successful Philanthropy, a lot of the different shows will all pop up and you can watch them. And my website to contact me is jeanshafiroff.com. I'm in the process of updating that website it's been a journey because the woman who had done it ran off to France. She married a very wealthy man and it's very hard to reach her, but um, I'm working on it now. So everything is going into place. I will tell you that I have not been wearing gowns 
wardrobe is very different during this pandemic. I think for a lot of us, we were in pajamas and sweatpants for about half the year. Yes, uh, but, but if you change, but we have seen you on your Instagram and you're still getting dressed and you are an inspiration before the pandemic, during, and I'm sure we're going to hear a lot from you in the future. So, Jean, thank you so much for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I look forward to finding out more about everything you're doing and anything that we can do here to help promote it. We'd be happy to do it. We all love good causes and we love to uh, support people like yourself who devote so much of their time and efforts to them. So thank you very much for joining us. And thank you, Cindy. And I just want to say one thing to your listeners, believe in yourself and dream big and you'll be able to do anything. Dream realistically, of course, but dream big. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cindy, thank you. In my personal corner, I want to talk to you about one of my new favorite condiments, tahini in a squeezable bottle. Mighty Sesame Company came out with a whole seed, spicy, squeezable, and ready tahini that I love on my vegetables, chicken, and fish. And you know what I love best about it? I don't have to think about it. I'm in such a rush these days, and I'm really excited to get out now that I'm vaccinated, that... um. I love stuff like this that I could just have ready made for any meal, any time. So I'm recommending you as a new healthy condiment, squeezable, ready, spicy tahina from Mighty Sesame Company. Here is your host. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest. Great conversation and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast, and you can also listen to us through the Talkline Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner. Thank you and have a good night. Thanks for listening. 